Welcome back to Young Honchos. As always, I'm Joey, and I'm here with my co-star Tanner. Tanner, how are you doing? Still here, bro. You already know. Hell yeah. And uh, today we have three super duper fucking cool gentlemen from the city of Jacksonville. I have Mr. Jonathan Rubio. How you doing, Jonathan? Doing great. Just another day in the office. Yes, sir. And I have Mr. Caleb Lombardo. What's up, guys? How are we doing tonight? And Mr. Noah Wayne. SNW, we're coming here live. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing Good, great. chilling. Yeah, Good. yeah. Good. It's a Tuesday night, and um, I'm really excited to have you boys on. I just came straight from work, um, so we're going to hop right into this if you guys are down. Yeah, let's do um, it. I'm going to start with Caleb. I'm going to start with you. Oh, boy. Um, just throw that. Oh, we uh, we met through... Yeah, we met through Firebirds, which yeah. is the current job we both hold. Yeah, we did. Uh, currently. Yeah, currently. Uh, I say that, but uh, you want to talk about that? Uh, sure, what do you want to talk about with it? Like how we met and then like the, the circumstances. Yeah, so we met orientation, and I think the first thing that we um, we related to was Eric being just <laughs> so over the top with his old job here. Our manager, yeah. Going in on the, the philosophy of like service and how we're like beholden to the wood-fired grill. Or whatever. The, the power of the grill. Like, bro, it's a restaurant. Chill. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, why are we really here? Yeah, why are we really here? What's the meaning of... He, he was asking deep-ass questions. He was. Like, he was. I, I wasn't expecting for an orientation at, like, a... You know, it's, like, semi-bougie. It's, like, right. Cheesecake Factory tier restaurant. I wasn't expecting, like, super philosophical questions about, like, serving. Like, bro, it's a restaurant. Like... Yeah. Dude, don't tell Eric it's a cheesecake factory to your restaurant. Yeah, he'd probably be assaulted. That's probably that's the fire best way to both of us. <laughs> but yeah, um, so how are you doing now though with everything? I mean, now that I got settled in, I realize it's not as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. Do you like being a manager more or do you like being a server more? Because I know you were a manager before uh, at what, Chipotle you said? Yeah, I used to be a manager at Chipotle. Um, you know what? I actually, I actually would say I did like being a manager to play more. I felt, I felt more confident in like messing around with people, because, because like, I knew. You get it down. Yeah. You know, well, like obviously less. the job, but as far as like um, interacting with everyone else at work, I felt more confident doing that as a manager for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't feel worried I would say something yeah, wrong, I get in to trouble. That too. Like, yeah. Once you get put on that pedestal, it's like. Yeah, you have that responsibility, but like people are also like asking you a little bit more questions. And yeah, like, but but it's more security. You know? It is more, more security. security yeah. And, yeah, but you're people also there all day. Too. Mm-hmm. What people respect you more too. I feel like. Oh yeah. If you're a good Definitely. manager, if you're a shitty manager, people That's just a different hate you. Well, like mm-hmm. the main but, thing about me was, um, you know, I was pretty good at doing prep. I was pretty good at you know running the line, taking care of customers. But the main thing people liked was when they when their schedule said they're off at three, they get off at three. Like right at the time that they were supposed to leave, and right at the time they're supposed to come in. Wow. So that's what they like, because no, I mean, because you know how it is with COVID, people mm-hmm. are understaffed. So, like, most people are being kept like two, three, four hours past their out time. Oh, yeah. Some people, yeah. Are, some people want to do that though. Some like, people want to, yeah. You got your co, like you got your coworkers that you know once like three o'clock hits, like they already, they already have plans yeah. for the next day. But then there's some that are like. Mm, let me push a couple hours. Let me see if I can get overtime. Yeah, there were two people who were like that. One of them was Geo because he wanted to be a manager too, and then the other one was Bradley because he, uh, I don't know, he just liked working. Yeah. So but the rest of them, they were like, how much were you making when you were a manager? Uh, not not a whole lot. Because I, I used to work at Chipotle too, but I was just doing like line stuff. How much um, you paid for like what like ten probably nine fucking fifty or something? Nine fifty. Yeah, it was nine Is something. Is it different if you're doing prep? 
if you're doing prep, well, it depends on the store. So like at my store, um, if you could, if you only wanted to do like the line itself, you were paid like ten, which is the base. Mm -hmm. If you were willing to do the grill and prep and other things, then they'd pay you closer to eleven. So the more that you want to do, the more opportunities. The more like, positions you can do, the yeah. higher your. So answer my question: What was management like? As Oh, for, for like how it actually was? No, like like how much you were paying. Oh, 14. Okay. 14 for kitchen manager. Okay. And then most of it was like how much overtime I was getting in the PTO. So like... Time and a half? Mm. Oh, yeah. I was making a lot of overtime. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice. But like, so you were like, you're working all the time, but then you had a lot of PTO. So like, especially when you get to general manager, like he was working tons of hours a week, like probably 60, 70 hour weeks. But at the same time, he took a vacation like every two months. You know what I mean? So right. it was like really. Yeah, you build up that PTO that mm -hmm. they can get deadly. My manager had been there for like exactly. 13 years or something. And when you get to 10 years there, you get what's called a sabbatical, which is a whole month of paid time off. Damn. But when you're there, you're working all day. That's the only thing. So. Like, like open to close like all day? Uh, like... There was one time I did that. Usually it's like you come in at 6 a.m. and usually I'd leave around 5 p.m. Is that the earliest shift? Like 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. is the earliest most people go in there. I mean, I've gone in at like, one time I went at 3 a.m. Just Jeez. because I had a key and I was like, I want to leave at 1, <laughs> so I'm going to come like in at 3 a.m. Like you knew like the people that were going to come in and I knew you knew was like the prep come. list wasn't, mm, yeah. okay, I've been there. Yeah, I've been and I there. came in and when 7 rolled, because most of the employees get in at 7, so when they rolled in, I was like, hey guys, just uh, screw up some chicken, that's all we got to do. So this isn't that like, we're gonna we're gonna get you guys off right at your time and they were like can we get off early actually was it more stressful <laughs> or less stressful than serving right now oh serving is way easier way easier I you know that. what actually i will say though you have so much more like socializing to do and that's the one thing is like you have to socialize if you want to get a tip yeah you know? whereas if i ever had a bad day i could just you know, do your own yeah I feel that you need to be really personable if, if you have a bad day as a server I feel like you don't get tipped as good yeah I feel because like you so, like you like subconsciously give off uh, like bad energy mm. yeah you know people well, see that and like oh I'm gonna give him a shitty tip because yeah. he was he was he was shitty cause know? he cause he wasn't very happy yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but then you can get into like yeah if you have like a bad day so most of the time like a reflection of like how good of like you were like serving is like a reflection of your tips like if you high tip you know you, yeah. you know you were saying the right things but like sometimes like there are people that will come in there and it's like they're not really in the mood they just yeah. want their food and there's some people that are literally have like a timer yeah. like like how quick am I gonna get my my drink or whatnot I mean there's people like I've had people who tell me that they had the best service in the world thank you for making my daughter's graduation special here's six dollars <laughs> <Six And, laughs> and I've had people who were like why the hell is my steak medium rare supposed to be medium and sent it back four or five times and got $40 out Dude, of it. Dude, I, I feel yeah. that. I had one table and like, I this was like when I first started and I was like nervous and like anxious to make sure I was on top of shit and like, it was just one table that I was on and like, it was just these two guys, they were like in business attire and they were very deep in conversation and I kept coming up to them like, you need a box, you good? Like, and he was like, oh, I'm still working on this. And I was like, fuck, fuck, Joey. Like, what, why are you bothering this man right now? Leave him and alone, like, leave him alone. He was done, bro. He was done with his meal. He was not touching it. And he would still be like, I'm still working on this. Okay, he was like, I will take guy. a refill, though. <laughs> and he tipped me like 25%. I was like, all right. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a scenario, okay? And I want... You guys have serving experience, right? Yeah. You have serving experience? No, okay. not more or less. I wouldn't say serving experience. Like, back of the house. 
Um, I'm contemplating it into front of the house, but um, I mean, service industry, like sales, like talking to people, I'm still, you know, let's hear the scenario. All right, so for Joey and Caleb, I'm going to give you guys a scenario. So this was like a couple years ago. So me and a bunch of friends, y'all know about Miller's House, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So me, me and a couple of friends, <laughs> five or six of us, whatever, went into Miller's. And it was, it was late. It was probably, I don't know what time they closed, but it was... Probably within the hour of them closing. Then they close at 2 a.m., I don't know. We were, we 1 or 2 a.m. We were there probably like 1 a.m. Okay. So Jeez. we get there and we oh, like man. look at the menu. Like Miller's has the worst menu ever. Every time I go to Miller's, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can find something that I can eat. And every time I look at the menu, I'm like, man, this shit sucks. There's nothing good here. Mountain milk. But so it's a high. You can't go wrong with it's a high. Come on. That's a, that's a staple. It's, it's a staple. It's mid at best. <laughs> so. Okay. We had a que- like someone like one of my friends had a question on the menu, so he asked the question, and the waiter must have just had a really shitty day because all she does is she just like points at the menu like really aggressively, and she's just like it's on the menu. And, oh shit! Yeah. And so we were just like, okay, if that's how this bitch wants to be, we gonna we gonna play hardball. So <laughs> we like we we you know we ate whatever, we got refills whatever. At the end, no one tipped her a penny, bro. What time was it? It was like I said, it was it was on the later side. It wasn't. It was, it was like two. No, 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 no. It wasn't. Something. It wasn't like two o'clock when they closed at two o'clock. It was probably one one a.m. Okay, one. okay. It, it so was, she doesn't have a bad night. She probably got tipped like shit. Yeah. Um, I can't say that's entirely your fault. Like you guys probably should have left something. <laughs> nothing is kind of that because you know they have to pay out other people yeah so like if, so she lost money she didn't just not get any money she lost money from that because we, we did pay our tab we just didn't tip so whatever the sales are i mean i don't know it depends on the restaurant so yeah. like um yeah it does at firebirds three percent of the sales not the tip of the sales goes to the host and the bartender so you don't get tipped that well but you did really well in sales like you're selling big like high meals and stuff then a percentage of that you owe, regardless of how much, how well you got tipped or not. So it either fucks you or it helps you. So I mean, but really, it's not a whole, like let's say you guys spent a hundred dollars. If you didn't tip, she lost three dollars. Collectively, you probably spent a hundred bucks. So she lost three dollars, which isn't that bad. But she could have made she could have made, made a lot with three dollars. Yeah. Thirty dollars. Does, does it matter how many drinks <laughs> like, we <laughs> you order? Just be nice. Yeah, uh, that's what it takes for. Have to pay out the bartender. Right? So like. I mean, it depends. There are some places I've worked where you pay the you tip out the bartender as a percentage of your alcohol sales. Mm. But at Firebirds and at every place I've really worked, it's like whatever percentage they decide of that's, the sales. That's how it was at Outback when I worked there. Yeah. I was a host. I was a host at Outback, and uh, we had a tip share off of the sales of everybody. You know, so I'm at the host station. I'm like, sell the shit out of the most. Give me like twenty filet mignons, okay? Right, 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 <laughs> I want those shits out of the door. And yeah. so, you know, that we had to share the tip share from yeah. that. And it was bartending and hosts. That's yeah. why I hated working at Buffalo. I used to work at Buffalo as my last job. Mm-hmm. But I was a host, right? And so I hated that shit because I had no tip share whatsoever, like percentage from that. My tips came directly from, like, takeout and stuff. Like, you know, they tip takeout. Mm-hmm. Um, not from the servers or anything. And I still bust tables 
and I was still helping servers out. Oh yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, like you at Firebirds, right? At Firebirds, mm-hmm. we still tip out the hosts, and they don't and they don't really do shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah, I was always. That's why I make Austin bust my tables. I'm like, bro, I need your help. I'm tipping your ass out. Like, but seriously, that's why yeah. I did it. That's why I bust and work my ass off. Cause I'm like, I'm getting more money if I yeah. do this. Because yeah. there was then one the table day, comes in quicker. You. There was one yeah. day I didn't. I specifically didn't. I was like, I'm gonna screw these motherfuckers over, and I got tipped way less right. i made way less money and it blew my mind you know that that had that much of effect on yeah. my money so came back to you but you can cycle people through faster too when you bust the tables because the waiters don't have to spend time bussing mm-hmm. and then the waiters fuck with you heavy yeah yeah oh, yeah. oh but the bussers so Sorry. like let's say so. like you're hosting but like in your free time like you're helping like you know do the dirty work yeah more mm-hmm. people are coming in more revenue more tables being seated more tips more money for you possibly Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also good for the customers. You know, you got the host. If you're on a wait, you know, the host is the only person they're talking to up front. So, yeah. if, you know, if they see the host who told them they're going to have to wait for their food, if they see him working to get them to their table, automatically more you're money. Because if mm-hmm. you're just standing there, they're like, hey, I know you said 20 minutes, but, but when but can I get it? it? <laughs> it's like 10, 15, yeah. so far. No, most Not people, if you have a wait, though, they just go somewhere else and then eat there and not tell you. Mm. You're like, hey, where are you? Oh, yeah, we're at Carabas right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys, I'm really excited to get into all of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. I want to make sure we do proper introductions, though, still. Um, So, Rubio, um, we're going to get you in next. I know we met through Anthony. He's a very close friend. How did you meet Anthony? I met Anthony through uh, mutual friends. Um, I want to say it was Zach. I met him. ZR? Zach. Yeah. No, I mean, Zach and ZR, because they both live together. Okay. Um, basically, we started watching the, the playoffs together, because Zach had, you know, his knee injury, and so we were all chilling with him. And, yeah. And so he, he started talking to me about the podcast, and I was like, what? Gotta get in here. And here I am. Hell yeah, bro. Yes, sir. Yeah. What do you think of it so far? Oh, I love it. You know, Hell it's yeah. a good environment, and it's just like, kind of talk what we gotta talk about. Very chill. Yeah, yeah, very chill. What are you drinking right now? I mean, I mean, I, I want to say this is sponsored by uh, Tennessee Honey see, Honey Whiskey, basically. Okay. But um, yeah. Sip it on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anthony tells me that you're into like dunking and stuff. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So right now I'm in the last month of my vert program. So mm-hmm. basically the whole umbrella. I wish I had notes, but basically the most simple way I can describe it. So it's a three month program. And the big umbrella that hovers over this whole program is like injury prevention. So like you're, if I were to say like, Joey, like you and me are going to start training together. I'm going to put you through the program. Like, yes, I'm going to increase your vertical. But like the main thing is like, no matter what exercise we're doing, it's all injury, injury prevention based. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yes. No, I can get you up, so, because you, you got the hype for it. I know, yeah. sounds like a deal. For those that don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. Noah is, how old are you? 6'6"? 6'6". 6'6". Six, six. Six, six. Six, six. Yeah, six, six crazy. No you need to be out there, bro. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't bad. need to duck, though, bro. He can just walk to the <laughs> thing. <laughs> just put my hand up. Yeah, and so, month one is kind of like finding that foundation, that stabilization. So, if, like I said, I'm going to keep you as the example, so first week i'm basically seeing like what your balance is like range of motion you know how high are you really getting um your footwork your reaction time and then from there month two like we're you know strengthening the tibialis like we're doing exercises that are kind of like bulletproofing bulletproofing your knees um your ankle like 
all of those things because like whenever it comes to jumping you want to like work bottom up so it all it all basically originates from your ankles you know because like your feet and your ankles are your achilles like all of those tendons and all those muscles and you know everything is like that's what's taking like 90 percent of the force and then you go your way your way up to the tibialis your your knees and then hip flexor and like basically that's month two and then well there's other stuff but you know we'll get into it later so um for those that don't know do you make money doing this is this like a side gig are you volunteering so what basically made me want to do this is like whenever i was playing high school ball the summer before my senior year i tore my acl and my meniscus Oof. and prior to that i was able to get off going off one being able to dunk the ball um wow. and so i had to step away from basketball for about a year and a half and then fast forward like two years later i'm kind of seeing myself how i saw myself before the injury and then I'm like, well, I still have that athleticism. I'm still like kind of getting up there. And then I set out a month to kind of like plan out this program. And then, you know, late June, we're going to see if we can make it happen. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And to answer your question, it's a, it's like something I'm putting myself through. And at the time, or right now, I only have one client. But it's something where if, you know, you're interested and, you know, you want to get your bird up. Because I also do, like, basketball IQ, like, on-court stuff. Even though that's, like, a separate department, you know, I want to separate into, like, player development, on-court, and then, like, stuff that we're doing in the gym. Like, those are two things that kind of mesh together, but at the same time, they're separate. Um, so if I'm working with somebody, like, we're going to be in the gym. Like, yeah, we'll probably get shots up, but at the same time, like, I'm trying to see how high and how efficiently you can operate your mechanics. Because it's all mechanics, like, especially for month one, like, let's say if I ask Noah for him to see how long he can stand on his left leg, and he does it for a minute, and then on his right leg, he's doing it for, like, 10 seconds. That tells me that his right leg is very, like, could be their origin for, like, an injury. That's that's crazy, because my right leg, I've blown out that knee three times. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I so didn't know that. It's probably 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it's yeah, probably so, so like I said, so if like, let's say I told you and I had like a 45 plate in front of me, I go, you have to tap the 45 plate on one leg 10 times, do, do 10 reps in 10 seconds. And then on the left leg, you do 10. And then on the right leg, you do seven in 10 seconds. That's telling me your right leg is 30% weaker or less, like slower basically than your left. That could be something as far as like, injury or whatnot so month one i'm seeing like footwork left right if you're better going off right left left right off one left right you know you're trying to figure out like how well your body moves because nowadays we do so many things and like it's impossible to say like that you're like at equilibrium like both of your quads are the same or your right shoulder is like the same as your left like we all have imbalances but it's as far as like trying to figure out what they are. <clears throat> Basically, that's what the first two months are. And then month three is transition all that onto the court and, you know, see how high you can fly. So the way you structure this, it's like a three month program that you have panned out. Yeah. And three month program. And the goal right now is to progressively get into something where you could have like your own camp, essentially. 
More or less, so another thing that's kind of like fueling the fire is um, wanting to study biomechanics. So hopefully by next year I'm going to be in Atlanta. And um, I want to study biomechanics here. I want to do things here because, you know, I love Jacksonville. I love the people, the environment, you know, very close to where I used to live at. Um, But kind of like in Flagler, it's known for like arts and, Mm -hmm. you know, UNF is known for like nursing and stuff like that. Over in Georgia, it's more like kinesiology, biomechanics, like personal training. So if I put myself in a better environment where they have better programs, that's just going to be beneficial for me. I will say, um, UNF does have a really good men's basketball team, though. Yeah. I don't know if that's related at all. Do you go to UNF or no? I do not. I'm currently... So at the time, uh, I was kind of like bouncing around majors and, you know, it was kind of a bit of like a mental struggle. So I just told myself I was going to back off. And it's kind of ironic because I'm about to get into an internship uh, starting next Monday with JU and in their basketball camp. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be with the uh, strength and conditioning coach uh, starting the 13th, and then, you know, see what see what happens with that. Well, good luck to you, man. That's yeah, awesome. I appreciate yes. it. Yes, sir. Mr. Noah Wayne, yes, how you sir. doing, bro? I'm doing good. I'm so yourself? happy you're on this, this podcast, bro. <laughs> Noah is a living legend, my guy. But we'll get into that in a second. I knew, you knew we were going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, no, so we met... I don't actually know how we met. Like, I, I remember, like, officially talking to you recently, mm-hmm. but I've seen you around parties and stuff right. a lot. Oh, yeah. Through, through Andre, Ricky, Palmer, Riley, the, all of them. Yeah. All of them, yeah. So, how did you meet those guys? Uh, so, originally, you know, I went to UNF uh, for freshman and sophomore year. Um, and going to UNF, met them. Um, most of Stan, I, I would say I, I had known them a little bit before... Um, Ozfest, but then this once, year's Ozfest? huh? This year's? No, last year. Last year, uh, Gunna. When Gunna was okay. on, yeah. Okay. So that was that was pretty early. And um, once that happened, there was a uh, there was like this pre party or whatever. And uh, went to the pregame, met all of them, met Liv, Jake. Uh, Jake's not a part of it anymore. Rip but, Jake, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <Jake's> yeah. Starbuck. <laughs> but yeah, met all of them through there and then just went from there. So that was way back. You said yeah. Ozfest of 2020. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's we, we didn't have one 2021. You're right. Right, because cool. COVID, yeah. So that's way back. Yeah. Um, do you go to UNF still? I do not. No, okay. threw a party and got kicked. No one, way! One party. I did yes. the same. Dude, I did the same thing on like summer B. Like up. two weeks after, like not even. I would say the same week that we moved in, I threw like a little party. Yeah. And what dorm were you in? Yeah. I was actually in the villages, um, which. Uh, I don't as a freshman? freshman year? No, 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 no. I got kicked out sophomore year. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that makes sense. it was crazy, man. It was crazy, right? So, I mean, it wasn't even that massive. There were probably 20 people in there, okay? I mean, great. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, it's like sardines. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> little villages. Rocking the 400 square foot. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, here, knock on the door. And, I mean, we got eight people in that little bathroom. We got, like... Yeah, we got like 10 people in me and my roommate's room. And here this knock on the door uh, opens it up. It's like three RAs. And they're like, hey, uh, we heard uh, bottles clinking. I was like, come on now. Tell me who ratted me out. Just say it to me. Right. Like, so they came in and uh, they actually, a ton of people left out of the window in my living room. Oh. Me and my roommates. Uh, the first floor? Yeah. So the they, first floor. Yeah, they made, yeah. Yeah, I we were on people, first floor. Like in Cove? 
Yeah. On the second floor of you jumping out of the window. Fuck that. No, like when it comes to like not getting stuff on your record, like people are menaces. Like, Bro, they're, they're running from you. They, well, they, they, yes. they put a trampoline outside the window. Yeah. <laughs> just to prepare like if you for that. Yeah. 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 So, so this happens and then what? And then uh, we had several people leave out of the window um, and they actually never checked the bathroom. So we had eight people in there, one of them holding in yak the entire time, okay? Like literally was borderline about to just flood the room. And they actually opened the bedroom and there were still two people in there. So they were like, oh, you was lying. It was multiple people. And so, you know, that happened, but they didn't check the bathroom because they thought they found where the people were, but there were like half of them in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And they were dead silent. And so me and my roommate are sitting there and right in front of our faces, they pour out like $200 worth of alcohol right in front of my face. All right. And this already looks at me and he has the balls. Okay. I'm crossed. He looks at me. He's like, so who won the pong game? Oh, that's so funny. And I'm not even lying. Like my roommate put his hand on me because my leg like started tapping and I was getting so pissed because that just threw me. But... Yeah, after that, I mean, I didn't actually get kicked out. It was just like I lost like one or two scholarships, and I was gonna say because we had a similar scenario. Do you um, do you know um, Max? Do you remember a kid named Max? Did you meet him at all? Oh, the name sounds familiar. What's the last name? Edenoff or something. It sounds familiar. Did you meet Dean? Yes. Okay, he was yes. a friend of Dean. Okay, as yes. long as you know Dean. Yeah. yeah. I now that I think about it, I think that might be how I met. Palmer and Andre and all of them. Through Dean? Yeah. What yeah. year did you start? Uh, 2019, 2020. Okay. Oh, okay. Fall of 2019. So, so there was a similar party I remember that Max threw. Dean was actually there too. Max, yes. Remember him now? The rich he was in guy. Y. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Um, this was like a after party from a house party we went to. And this house party was like kind of in the ghetto side of Jack's. Um, they were like bitches throwing hands and shit. It was funny as fuck, bro. <laughs> watching the fight, yeah. And we were like, yo, this was lit. But then the cops came and they shut it down. And then everybody was like partying ne- across the street at like the Walgreens where like the Wendy's was or whatever. Oh my God. And we were like, yo, let's throw something at Max's crib. And it was like like 11 o'clock. It was still kind of early, you know? And so like, we started inviting all these random ass kids we were seeing, like guys and girls. And they like slide over to our crib and we're drinking and stuff. And we don't know these kids, right? And one kid like comes up to me and he's like, hey, bro, can we roll up? I was like, fuck no, bro. I was like, we're in the dorms. You can't be doing that shit here. And he was like, all right, no worries. And he goes off into the laundry room. Oh, a couple God. girls starts th- rolling up. So now it's smelling like shit out in these fucking like, laundry rooms and stuff at the UNF dorm. Mm-hmm. And RAs were already getting tipped off because we were loud. And so they come in and we're like, fuck. Okay, we got to like hide the alcohol. And they actually weren't too mad about that, even though that's it's a dry campus. They, that's like alone worth getting major trouble for. Mm-hmm. Um but they found out there were minors there. Like, we didn't, like, I'm talking, like, not even, like, under 21, like, under 18. Ooh, yeah, oh it turns goodness. out, this, this was freshman year, so I was, oh, how old was I? I was 19, turning 20. 1920, so, yeah. like, I'm over 18, obviously, but, like, like, the girl I was talking to was, like, 17, bro. Did not know that shit. Oh, I know, wow. they all, like, lied to us about everything, because they wanted to party with college kids. They were right. all in high school. <laughs> And when we found that shit out, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my god. And we snuck a couple of them out. I'm finished. I'm finished. We snuck a couple of them out. Um, But, like, it was still bad. And, like, I'll never forget the cops were so menacing, bro. Even though they were wearing goddamn shorts. 
Like, right? Okay, like, so he was raised. Yeah, shorts no, look like the most docile human being. It can be 20 degrees in December. And there's fucking UPD with their shorts on, just chilling, bro. It's so funny. Yeah. Dead ass. <laughs> it was it was crazy. And um, and like I was fine. I think I got written up or something. I had to do one of those, um, like th- seminar things. You have to go in and like you know yeah. you have to do some, like. You have to do one of those. Yeah, I don't know nice. what it is exactly. I had ended up writing a paper or something oh, about why I was man. sorry. It was dumb. But Max <laughs> got in more trouble. I don't know what it was. He had to take more of the blame because it was his crib. Yeah. Um. But he didn't get expelled. So that's why I was wondering if, yeah. like, you got expelled for that. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So you did or didn't? Technically, no. Technically, You no. get, like, two strikes. Like, the first time is, like, a slap on the wrist. And mm-hmm. then you got to do some essay, like, explaining. Because, like, like I said, like, Summer V, mm-hmm. similar situation. I had a buddy from high school. He came through. We had, you know, table out, you know, whatever. Hit up people on Snap. And yep. then the knock on the door but like all of a sudden you get a slap on the wrist like you have to go you know right and I say like you know I'm sorry for what I did and mm-hmm. like promise to never do it again and so like if you do it again then they're, they're gonna be like yo you just wrote this like two page essay like what are you doing did you lie to us yeah <laughs> that's true. we can't believe it seriously <laughs> seriously but yeah no mine was a little worse because I mean that was it was like peak COVID like I mean peak at UNF and they took that shit seriously at UNF. Well, they kicked everyone out of the dorms that's, that. that's what they did at first but like with villages and I think um, fountains that was at Fountain they, they the gave them the option to stay but yeah, I mean you had to have yeah. like a mask on you know you had to do like all this stuff so the campus was dead fountains so, makes more sense because you have like the separate rooms yep I don't I'm only been to village I was only at villages like maybe once they have separate rooms too though right yeah like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. that, that makes more sense, like, why they have the option. Right. Like, they're like, we, you have to get your stuff out by, like, Saturday. Whew. Like, I was there Thursday, just grabbing everything. I was trying to beat everybody. Right. Because, you know, everybody is already paranoid. They're like, well, what is COVID? Like, what, do I already have it? You know how, like, everybody right. is tweaking, like, mm-hmm. flooding the stores. You can't find fucking toilet oh, paper. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah, that. I remember those days. All the memes came in from that. Like, people were acting like it was the apocalypse. Seriously. Like, people yeah. wanted it to be the apocalypse right. subconsciously. Right. But I'm they telling did. you, we were, our lives were so boring. It. They were like, oh, my God, there's a pandemic happening now. Like, <laughs> I gotta build my fort. Yeah. In, in January, people were disappointed that World War Three didn't happen. And then when March hit, and there was the pandemic. Because you remember when the, we killed an Iranian like, Yeah, I general, do remember that, yeah. And then yeah. sadly, we didn't go to war. And everyone was like, oh, man, I want to go <laughs> shoot a gun at people. And then the pandemic happens, people are like, it's going to be an apocalypse by yeah. December. Dude, we're it, ready for it, the it's purge. Yeah. Bro. It's so funny. That, that semester that we went, you know, online... I remember I read, uh, I was I was in, I took pre-cal that semester, and the reason I passed pre-cal was because of COVID, literally. We switched over to online as soon as we started the trig portion, and I suck at trig. Mm-hmm. But when we, I read the syllabus when the semester started, and and you know how like at the syllabus, like the bottom or whatever, it's like the like special event, like, like the unforeseen like circumstances, like hurricanes, you know, whatever, and in the... Uh, in that, like, portion of the syllabus, he had, like, in the event of, like, a pandemic or blah, 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 you know, we would do this, this, this. And I remember thinking, I was like, 
why do you even put this shit in here? Like, it's 2020, bro. We don't have pandemics anymore. And then, boom, pandemic. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's funny. You went out of fucking nowhere, bro. Yeah. yeah. Did you end up passing? Yeah, I did. The only reason twice, I passed bro. was because online. No way I would have passed. Yeah, it's being online made it easier. For sure. Sure. Oh, yeah. so tough. Bro, that final cake. <laughs> So Did you easy. kill it? Oh, I mean, I don't think I didn't kill it. Kill it, I got like a seventy something. That's way. Nah, bro, it's cogs. That's good. That's yeah, that's good. Good. That's good. You win. You win. You pass. Yeah. Get degrees. That's right. Facts. Yeah. Hell yeah. So you guys, I know where you're working right now, Caleb. Um, yeah. but uh, you doing work right now? No. Uh, yeah, I work at uh, Urban Bean, the little coffee house off of Seventeen. Uh, I'm just like I'm in the kitchen and front of house, so. Just working cool. that, yeah. I mean, foot traffic's pretty gnarly in the mornings, but I drop those shifts because I'm not waking up at six in the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I only work afternoons, but yeah. Very cool, bro. Yeah. What about Is you? A coffee shop? Yeah. Where? Like right off 17. Mm-hmm. Like Roosevelt. It's nice. It's nice. I've it's heard nice of co workers. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Every single girl goes there like every single one it's ridiculous yeah, all the regulars they pull up and you're like I already know your name yeah seriously yeah. I, it's unbelievable like actually the barista it's crazy like they are pushing out 40 drinks and they memorize like half of them because they're regulars and it's unbelievable like they'll get the ticket look at it and throw it away like they'll look at the name and throw it away and they have 18 other tickets just for a drink a, I don't know how if you're a regular and you order something else though low curveball exactly exactly that ha- that has been a problem oh one time yeah. I want 5% <laughs> I actually want almond milk today yeah What's your water's pH level? <laughs> that'll, that'll affect my order. <laughs> Dude, I actually can't get enough of this water, I'm not going to lie. You try, yeah, so Wait, Caleb's trying to cut it. He wants to try it. it. Caleb's really drinking Kangen water right now. It's normal. It's, I taste the difference. Yeah. Honestly, I really, I really don't. I didn't taste the difference, and then I've been tasting If you consistently drinking it, yeah. 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 It's lighter. It is lighter. I will say that. Dude, I'm telling you, after drinking that for, like, say, a couple months... And you just start drinking straight tap, or even bottled water tastes disgusting to me now. It just tastes like a big yeah. difference. Like it's thicker. Yeah. Well, it's it's just it feels like heavier. Yes, heavier, but also like like the taste is like you know like you can taste something artificial or fake. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Like you can taste like they they're like putting a bunch of minerals. Which sounds like, crazy, I know. Um, no, it doesn't because like whenever I was traveling to uh, Europe uh, a couple of years ago, like in December. And, like, over there, like, over here, like, government-regulated, like, you know, fluoride and whatever. But over there, it's a little bit different. So you get bottled water, and then you're tasting it, and you're like, why can I drink this, like, so much easier than, like, over in the States? And yep. it's because it's, like, there's so much less stuff that they put in it. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's true. Um, I was just reading something about how in Europe, if you eat bread, in, like, straight from, like, most European um, mom-and-pop shops, especially, um you won't get bloated. Like, you won't feel that weird feeling that you get when you eat a lot of bread here because the EU has a lot of, like, like food regulations. Yeah, it has to, like... It's something, like, it has to be, um, like, made within, like, 50 kilometers of wherever the... It's super strict, is. yeah. Super, oh, wow. like, and in America, it's not like that. And that's mm. why you can get sick if you eat enough bread. No, over here, it's all-you-can-eat buffet, you pay a flat fee, like, run it up. And then, mm-hmm. just, like, you go over to Europe and they, like, send you... Like, they'll give you, like, a small portion cup of, like orange juice and like Americans are like what the fuck is this like so is, it, is it true that like if you go to a restaurant there they're gonna give you sparkling water unless you ask for like regular water yeah you have to be specific and then another thing in Europe that I like 
is because is like let's say the four like you have a party of four and you guys dine in and then you split the tab but even if you don't split the tab on the receipt it will tell you how much each person has to pay if you want to split the tab and another thing is like the tip is already included in the tab so it's like if when americans go to europe and they like tip the waiter because that's what you're used to in america they'll look at you like you have three three heads they're like oh my god like thank you so much but it's like it's habit for us but over there it's like no you're paying me this amount you're already tipping me without even knowing yeah they already say restaurants in the u.s do that like if you have like a big big party of like six or more, whatever. Like yeah, it says right. on the bottom depends. of your check. Like unfortunately, like yeah. Unfortunately, Firebirds does not do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was tip. I had a three hundred and thirty dollar tab tonight. Um, that was my Jeez. last table. That's yeah. That was the one that was making me take so long to get here. Mm. But um, when I had that table, I wasn't expecting much. I got like eighteen percent, which isn't like I'm not gonna complain about that. Especially what is eighteen percent? For it was it was around sixty bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, that is not bad. Yeah, that was. Was it hard? Did they like work? But I, I, in the back of my head, oh I, yeah, they were asking for every little fucking thing for sure. Was it um, like a two-hour table? Uh, just about. Yeah, about. from like how long they sat and everybody got there, got their drinks and chilled and order the kids meals first and then finally got their food and stuff. And then they didn't like their steak, so we just sent it back and stuff. Mm. Um, but still, that's what twenty five. I mean, that's like collectively, I made thirty dollars an hour tonight. Yeah, yeah. Pretty I'm pretty very happy about that. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Good. I'm not complaining at all. Yeah. And that's um, not uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it ranges between like twenty, thirty an hour, depending yeah. on how busy we get and like how well you're tipped out. And stuff. I mean, it can't like yesterday. You were yesterday, right? Yeah, I did. It was not twenty. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's not. It probably wasn't ten. <laughs> it was well, yesterday. Well, it was probably like thirty dollars yesterday. I feel like the weather is do also you, like. Where do you work? I forgot to ask you. So right now I'm currently unemployed but that's not gonna be happening for very long I'm, next week i'm gonna well i'm not gonna say unemployed but like right now i'm kind of doing some like side work so i was just in orlando helping host an aau tournament um just like something slight scoreboard 10 a game fluctuates between 8 to 12 games a day friday through sunday they pay you out cash each day it's kind of like good side money and there's also going to be a tournament this weekend in Jacksonville, and I'm going to be doing the same thing. And then right now, like I said, the 13th, I start the uh, internship with JU, and it's through strength and conditioning. So the, like I was saying earlier, how like if J- Joey and I were to train together, player development, on-court stuff, strength and conditioning, gym work, it's the same thing over there. Um, and I wanted to get on on the court with like some of the college players, but you have to have some type of a degree, like bachelor's or whatever, um, depending on your major in order to do that. But on the flip side, when it comes to strength and conditioning, I met the guy uh, at the time I was working at Nike in St. Augustine. They they don't have one in Jacksonville. A lot of people think that there's a Nike location in Jacksonville. It's like St. Augustine, then you have Daytona, and then you have the like four locations in Orlando and then you have Miami and then if you go up north it's Atlanta mm-hmm. so like it's kind of weird but it's also a smart spot for St. Augustine because it is a tourist location but at the time I was working at Nike and the head coach before I met him he had gotten married the day before I met him right mm-hmm. he got married and he was in St. Augustine 
uh, he was over by the fort, like we were talking. Yeah. And he like had dinner, or no, he didn't have dinner. He had lunch over in Saint Augustine. And on the way back to Jacksonville, he stops by the Nike store, and I just so happened to be zoned in at register. And so he's in a good mood. Obviously, he just got married. He's you know life is good. We're talking. You know I'm trying to like open him up, talk about memberships, whatever. Um, and turns out he's the head coach for the JU strength and conditioning program for men's basketball. Mind you, he also does men's and women's golf. Um, but once he started talking about basketball, I was like, fuck all this shit. I threw everything out the window. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to go to Atlanta, study biomechanics. I'm trying to get an internship at P3. You know, I wanted to start getting my feet wet. And so I'm like, do you guys offer internships? Like, what do you do? Like, whatever. And next thing you know, like he, we exchanged Instagram. I have his number and I'm on texting terms with him. And so next thing you know, we're talking internship, but it was a bit of a deal breaker because he was talking about player development and he was like, you have to have some type of degree. And I was like, you know what? I don't really want to do strength and conditioning. So I just kind of like, kind of put it to the side. Then I started thinking, I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit him back up. Cause you know, like if I do an internship, it's an unpaid internship. If I'm here putting in the work at like 6.30, 7 a.m. consistently, training with all the players, you know, that, that's got to say something beyond, you know, just me trying to get a paycheck. Um, so right now I have that in the works and some other stuff, but you know, only time will tell. Hell yeah, man. There you go. Yeah. Noah. Um, yes. I want to talk about a very interesting topic. <laughs> Let's get to it. Um, all right. To, I've been waiting. <laughs> so, um, I remember way back, um, we were doing the Riley Shango episode of the podcast. I think that was like episode eight, seven. Yeah. Um, they had to cancel because of something that happened. Um, and I'm really interested about your story and like how you're still with us today mm-hmm. and why you, you look perfectly fine. I, like you must have really good genetics or something. Um, a little bit more than that. Yeah. Just a little roll of the dice. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to get into it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, to start off, I got in a car wreck, obviously. Um, but leading up to it, um, just to give you some backstory, um, I was dating this girl, Abrielle, um, and love of my life, love of my life. Um, but you know, she fucked me up. You know, there's a lot, there was a lot wrong with that, a lot. Um, and I had actually, um, there was one time we were dating, obviously, and she told me that she thought she was pregnant, and. I don't know what happened to me, but you know that that's that is a man's worst fear. That is hearing scary. that information. No, yeah. Okay. That is a scare that's not something like Seriously, seriously. But when I heard it, I wasn't scared. You know, it was it was so weird. Like I had stepped up to the plate. I dropped my job, got a different one in Ponte Vedra working making double the money. Okay, my first shift was seventeen hours. Like dead ass. It was ridiculous. I mean it was in a restaurant, but it was Italian seafood. Everything was fresh. Like, I mean, we were prepping awesome. all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did that. And then uh, two days after I started that job, she tells me she's not pregnant and that she wanted to break up with me. Um, so I had completely uprooted my life, basically, completely uprooted it. And so I went home and took about 300 ibuprofen pills, 70-something Tylenol, and 12 doses of my epilepsy medication. Um, woke up in the hospital, 
Uh, my liver was almost dead. You know, all that stuff ended up uh, in the psych ward for three days, uh, but came out of that, you know, I was, I was fine, you know, coming out of that because I don't know what it was for me, but what it is, but I, I don't really fear dying or death, um, you know, so that for me, it kind of felt like, you know, that was it. I completely, you know, like once you get that feeling, you know, like I'm having a kid, like I felt completely it's a change. Yeah, like seriously. Tri- so it's like yeah, a trigger. yeah. So whenever you know she told me that and then was dipping, that's definitely like the opposite side so... of the spectrum to go from being like, like oh, I'm having a kid with this girl who I love yep. to no, we're not having a kid and she wants to leave me. Exactly. Like, and you said that was within like a day or two. Seriously, yeah, like completely hot and then cold immediately, and you know, so that didn't sit well with me, obviously. Um, and so then after that, we ended up <laughs> we ended up getting back together, um, and you know, dating. And then um, this time, uh, this is about three months after that. It was uh, it was March 29th, um, and I was at her place. She was leaving for Atlanta, and um, so I was at her place helping her pack everything. I think she left in like a week, um, and uh, before that, you know. Oh, actually, actually, I have my story wrong. We broke up a month before she was leaving for Atlanta. Didn't talk. And then the week before she left, we started talking again. And did you know she was leaving? No. Okay. Not was at the she time. leaving or moving? Moving. Like, okay, so moving. she was like getting her stuff and she yeah. was like, okay, like, see you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. basically. Uh, so, you know, whenever whenever she hit my line, you know, a week before she was moving, I didn't know she was. And, you know, we just built memories, you know. I, I was like, you know what, fuck the grievances, I want to make memories with you before you go because I don't know if I'm going to see you again. And so, you know, we started hanging out, everything. And then um, I was at her place. When I walked in, I saw the boxes. And she said, I'm moving to Atlanta. And I was like, wow. And then, yeah, for real. But, you know, I was like, well, okay. Because, I mean, her mom was there, everything. I cooked for him. Uh, Started helping her pack. And then, uh, this is going to be a little... Yeah, this is going to be a little detailed, uh, but, you know, her and I, we were having sex, and I straight up busted in her. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, I don't want you to go. So, I may uh, have plans. Yeah, for yeah, real, bro. Yeah, yeah, for real. You said you were going to tell me about we getting the baby. No, we getting yeah, the baby. We yeah, we are. Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> yeah, you put that in me. And so, uh, once that happened, she was livid. Livid. Like, oh my God. God, I've never seen that woman so mad, and I was never so afraid in my life. Because her brother was right across the room, and her brother hates me, and he has anger issues. Like, he punches walls, and, I mean, holes in the wall, everything. And so she said, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to send me $50 for a plan B, and I want you out. So I was like, wow, you know, like, I get that I did it. It was wrong. It was wrong, you know, but at it the time... It wasn't consensual, but at the same time, I know your head was. Yeah, 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 and so... You've been through so much, like... Obviously, that doesn't justify, but, like, well, like, your mental state is just, like, well, what what should I, like, go no, off No, she of? did like, a lot I, before that. Exactly. I feel like you can't entirely blame this guy at no, all. No, 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 no you're was, not at blame, like, for anything. It was, it was very hot and cold. She was always hot and cold. And, uh, you know, once that happened, and I remember... I remember I packed my stuff up, and... I mean, I packed it up and she just sat there not saying a word to me. And I sat there not saying a word. And I looked at her and I was like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to leave? And she said, I don't care. So I sat for an hour. And then I looked at her and I was like, 
baby, what, like, come on, and nothing. So I got up, she opened the door for me, and I was right about to walk out of the door, and she just looked at me, I looked at her, and I said, I love you, and she didn't say shit. And she shut the door, I walked to the street towards my car, and I looked back, and the door was shut, and the light was off. And then I looked at my car, and I knew exactly what I was gonna do. Um, so I got my car, started driving home, um, and then I found myself on San Jose. Um, I was I was on the, I was going, I was just, I was on San Jose and I saw a trailer on my right. Um, and so what I did was I drove past the trailer about a mile and whipped the car around. And I took my seatbelt off and put both hands on the wheel. And I said, God, if I die, I die. If I live, I got you. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get better, I'm gonna do this shit. And I hit that trailer going probably 120. Um, and trailer blew up. Turns out there was a bunch of lawn equipment in it. So there were riding lawnmowers, regular lawnmowers, gasoline everywhere. My car was on fire, whole front end gone. Um, I was actually trapped inside the car. I didn't know this at the time. Like I just found that out. I was trapped inside the car. Then the, uh, the weatherman for Channel 4, Richard Nunn, was actually on his way to work and saw this and you know called 911 everything he said he actually figured out i was in there because my apple watch you know apple watch saying yo this dude's about to die <laughs> so my apple watch you know was going crazy and you know wound up in the hospital and i don't i don't remember anything about being in the hospital then i woke up in the hospital and the doctors tell me okay you have four broken ribs a broken hip you dislocated your right knee you fractured two toes in your right foot. Uh, you needed 47 stitches on your left leg. Uh, you broke your back and broke my wrist. And then I had a concussion. And I actually have, like I think, a permanent discoloration right here on my forehead from the fire. And, um, you know, waking up here and all that, I was like, what? You know, I was, I was frightened. You know, that... Yeah. So... I just want to have like some clarification. I'm like just trying to paint a picture. So you're on the highway, mm -hmm. and San Jose. You're, you're on, okay. So you're not on. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. He's going 120 on San Jose. But yeah. you find this trailer, and then you wrap around facing it. Yeah. So the trailer was on my right. Okay, and I'm going down San Jose. It comes up on my right, and then I go past it for about a mile and then whip the car around. So it that was is, sitting there, right? Yeah, it's sitting. Okay. It's sitting. Oh, I thought it was oh, driving. Okay. I thought no. it was yeah. moving. Me too. Me okay, too. Okay, okay, okay. I'm yeah. glad I said something. Okay, no, it was, it was, it was sitting and cemented into the pavement. So I thought that you oh. were driving by it and when you saw it, you're like, okay, I'm going to get ahead of it. No. And I'm going to turn around. Yeah. No, but yeah. see, the thing is, I, I saw a car on the road and I mentally told myself, I do not want to harm anyone else. Like... Because it occurred to me, you know, just hit a moving car. But I was like, I don't want to hurt anyone else. You know, this is my thing. Right. And so, you know, I whipped it around. It was on the trailer was on my left. I was literally in the middle of the road. I wasn't even in a lane, and I just slammed the gas, and hit one twenty, then hit it. And so, you know, woke up in the hospital with all those injuries, <laughs> and they said, "Do you, do you need to call anybody?" And I called her. I called her. And first. Yeah, first. And uh, she actually came to the hospital. Uh, the nurse snuck her in. It was after visiting hours. Snuck her in, and she actually stayed with me in the hospital bed until she. I mean, she left from the hospital to the airport. Uh, so she stayed with me that whole time. And then 
all throughout, you know, being in, being in the hospital, I think I was in there for 10 days. Um, we called like every morning, every night, and then I get home and I'm blocked on everything. And so, you know, that was, that was difficult, but you know, I needed it to move on, you know, sure, like, that, that was definitely, that was definitely the thing, you know, but for me, for me, when it happened, you know, because I don't fear death or anything, you know, I was like, okay, I don't want to deal with this. So I just did it, you know, which is horrible because I didn't think of everyone that cares about me. You know, I didn't think about my car because obviously right now I'm like, wow, I don't have a car, you know, so I, I didn't think about any of that and I didn't really care. Um, but being, it wasn't really, you know, depression or anything, you know, I hadn't, I had never been depressed, you know, nothing like that, but she just, she had such like a grip on me. I was so attached, you know, I mean, I thought that was the mother of my child, you know, like it was that attachment. And so, you know, when that happened, I didn't know what to do. Would you say that in some ways you relied on her for your happiness? Yes. Absolutely. I know a, like a lot of people that deal with that in their relationships. How long were you with her? Uh, about seven months. Seven, seven months. months. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know, it was it was definitely codependency a lot. Um, and you lived together for how long? That's... Uh, we didn't live together. Oh really? So no. when you were saying like get my stuff and leave, like your stuff was just there. Yeah, had some okay. stuff at her crib. She mm-hmm. had some okay. stuff okay. at yeah. like your crib. Yeah. Like it was kind of like a mutual like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. And so. Seven months, that's that's not light. You know, I know. Like, but for people, three months is kind of like the average. Like, but I've been in a relationship whatever. for three years. Right. Before, yeah. you know. But, but you but felt I, different with this girl. I had never felt this way. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Like, there's there's a difference between having sex and making love. Yeah, And that sure. shit, it, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Like, it was Yeah, it was but when your guys. energies, like, connect and, like, you guys match differently, you're right. I definitely think there's... Like something to take note of. They say like soul ties are a thing too. Mm-hmm. I bet you this man had one of those for sure. And Absolutely, that's what twin him flame. So bad. Twin flame. Not to yeah. mention like all the uh, stuff that like was going through your head, like what she was telling you, and mm-hmm. like like you were mm-hmm. saying earlier, hot and cold. Right. Yeah. So it's been three months, right? You said. Yeah, it's okay. been three months. First off, you look great man okay for yeah, somebody like, I, I, said, like yeah, I, tried. Yeah. I tried I was not expecting like the, the bad story yeah I was yeah. not I wasn't either no yeah it was bad it was bad you know it took me you like physical two therapy months. to like walk oh and yeah stuff. two months I, I couldn't walk for a month wheelchair or crutches uh both started oh. out in a wheelchair and then I had one of those I'm granny walkers I had one of those granny walkers and then I didn't even do the crutches fuck crutches it's so annoying especially for someone that's 6'6 six, six. I'm not leaning over like seriously like those gotta be hiked up I need the special Some editions okay like <laughs> seriously and uh but but for me, you know, a lot of it was overthinking. You know, I overthought, and I still do, you know, but it's something I'm working on. But, you know, the overthinking, you know, there were times where she wouldn't respond for a while. And, you know, that just, for me, that just makes my mind go. And it, it just eventually got to a point where I couldn't keep doing that. And it just. So would you say that the, the extreme highs and lows would contribute to your intense feelings about her? Or did you feel that before that? I definitely had those feelings before, but it definitely heightened it, you know, because there was the lows were so low that it made the highs even better. So it's just like, I mean, honestly, it was addicting. Yeah, that, it, that's like a level of toxicity so you, that that brings together. I bet everything was great when things were good for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, when we were together, like in person, it was bliss. But I mean, the second we left, it was 
horrendous, you know, because I mean, it was horrible. I actually, I actually really understand that. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a what, what you I didn't like almost die or anything in a relationship, mm-hmm. but you know, I was with a girl for a year and a half, and this was in high school, so this was earlier than yours. Like I was uh, in g- sophomore year. Oh wow. And you know what's funny? So we were dating for a year and a half, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of mutual friends. And for some reason, when we broke up, all of them kind of shifted towards her, which wasn't a big deal to me, actually. I don't mind having to be alone. But what's crazy is that, like, I have two best friends that, like, I, you know, ride or die. Like, they're, you know, we've known each other since, like, fifth grade, like, really, like, our whole lives. A week after the breakup, um, one of them's his name is uh, Martin. He, uh, he actually, well... Officially, he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I think that he was playing with a gun and didn't. And mm. It was an accident because he was a very happy person. You have a right. theory. I I actually have a theory that's a lot more shady than that, but <laughs> because he had, he didn't have a really good relationship. And, with And this happened guy. like right when your so breakup happened. It was breakup. So we broke up the day after uh, my birthday, so March twenty seventh, and then April third was the day that. So that's six days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's yeah. seven days. Because the thirty first. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then, a week after that, my mom is like, hey, so I understand how much you're going through, and I really don't want to put this on you, but you have to know that I just found out I have lung cancer, and it is late. It's late lung cancer. Like, she's already in there. She's she's already in it. They were like, you needed to get this looked at two years ago, you know? This has been developing for at least two years. Like, you should have come to the doctor a long time ago. And all of that happened made me realize, because I had the same feelings you had. Right. It made me realize, wow, this relationship is, is like nothing compared to my best friend, my mom. And then my, my sister's always struggled with certain things. In hearing the news about my mom, she actually OD'd. But she didn't die. She was actually fine. Okay. But we, That's good. Did, but your, all those did things, your mother pass? Or? You know what's crazy? So the thing was the thing was on the, on the highest, actually it was on this side. It was on the... For people listening, it was on the right side. It was like the size of a softball in her shoulder. Oh my goodness! They went into surgery like like almost immediately. They're like, "Look, there is a chance that that you do not recover from this when it happens, because we're going to be taking a large part of you. You know, you won't be able to move this arm for at least three months. Um, you know, you might have a lot. You're going to have a lot of difficulty breathing if you do live." You know, the chances are low, but we have to warn, we have to make you sign this thing that says, like, if things do happen, you can't sue the hospital. Mm-hmm. And and six hours later, she was she was alive. She wasn't conscious. She was still unconscious for, like, the next, like, for a few more hours after that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we finally get her home, and she's still very loopy after all the drugs we put her on. Right. But, yeah, um, it was just all those things happened at the same time. I'm just saying because of your story that, like, it just put into perspective so quickly. Because in the week between the breakup with this girl and my friend, the first thing that happened, I was like, wow, this is like the worst thing that's ever happened. Right. And then immediately, you know, the universe was like, no, there's so much worse that can happen to you. Don't get too excited because this is not, she's not your life yet. She's a prospect. She's a, might be, become, you know, your wife, but like, Mm -hmm. she's not your life. These people, your family, your friends, like these are the real people who take care of you, and they're the real people that will hurt if you lose them, you know. And and yeah, coming out of the hospital, coming out of the hospital, you know that. I mean, I walked out, 
I mean, before I even, I mean, I literally got wheeled out in a wheelchair and I looked at the sky and started crying. Like, it was unreal. The things that I did not appreciate and then, you know, having to get better within my house and, you know, my family helping me and seeing how it affected them, you know, really, like you said, put so much into perspective. And, you know, it made me realize that you can't sit there and overthink about things. You know, I still do it because <laughs> it's just who I am. I can't, natural. Yeah, I can't yeah, resist yeah. it. But, you know, there comes a point where you just got to be like, it is what it is. You know, you can't you can't think too much on it. Um, and so I'm just I'm glad I'm glad that I realized that, you know, because it's it's something I appreciate because not only did it teach me to appreciate the little things, but it also helps me you know, reach out, because I'll tell anybody, I'll look someone right in the face and be like, yeah, I tried to kill myself, you know, and some people can't handle that, you know, yeah. they're just, oh, he's weird, you know, but no, I say it. That. No, especially when you share your story, it's it's actually relatable in a lot of ways, and I think that's the scariest part, is none of us can, I mean, Caleb's the closest, I would say, but none of us can really say where exactly we would be in that situation mentally, and you don't know until you're there, and yeah. so, like, you can't judge him based on his actions, because you don't know where he was at the time. Mm -hmm. And like, he did a really good job at articulating the situation. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of imagine like all the stress that built up into that decision. Mm -hmm. And then going off of that, like you, you can go up to somebody and be like, Hey, like maybe a couple months ago, like I might not have been here, but like that sentence alone, like that's a very shallow perspective. Mm -hmm. But once you go deeper as like the story that you were saying, like that opens up so many other, you know, factors where I'm like okay yeah you can kind of like you know side with him you know be mm-hmm. a little bit more understanding and I don't know if we mentioned this earlier but because um, I know you were going to ask me about like oh we were talking about jobs and everything like that I was working at Nike and I had like a, a co-worker um, and he was going through a similar situation where his his mom got in like a, he, she had like a stroke behind the wheel and oh. She got pulled over, and the cops thought it was a DUI, and they didn't know this, but she was in the in the sheriff's office. I don't know if she was locked up or anything like that for, like, 24 hours having a coma, and they didn't know. And so now, fast forward later, she's at the house, and, like, he's having conversations with his mom, and his mom doesn't even know who he is. Oh, and so, like, I'm trying to, like, trying to side with him. He's venting to me. And I'm, like, trying to live, like, not, like, live, but, like, I'm vicariously, like, trying to put myself through a situation. I'm, like, dude, if my mom didn't know who I was, like, that's, that's something that you can't really, like, you can maybe, like, throw, try to throw, like, memories at her and, like, try to get her to, like, come back to you. But, like, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you really don't know what people are going through. You don't know, like, what they've been through. Like, me and you... You know, Matt, like, I, I didn't know what you were going to say. Like, I didn't know, like, the stories that you had. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be a car accident. Yeah. I mean, it speaks well, volumes on where he is now mentally, though. You know, like, yeah. you carry yourself differently. You look great. Right. Um, where would you say your head is now? Like, obviously, you're not thinking about this girl. Right. So that's good, right? Uh, well, funny thing, actually, I am. Uh, because. Uh, I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, can we get a little time stamp on, like, that event? Like what? How long ago? That was, was March thirtieth. March thirtieth. Yeah, March thirtieth at like three thirty in the morning. Yeah, and then uh, I got the back brace off two, three weeks ago. I'd say three. And you're up Only and walking. Three weeks ago. You don't yeah. need any assistance. You you feel good. Like I'm good. Yeah. Wow. Full blown, but what were yeah. you gonna say though before that about like where you're headed? Yeah. Um. So, 
after that happened, obviously, you know, we didn't really talk. And then I get a text from her. She says, are you awake? And the second she texted me, I knew something was fucking wrong because she doesn't do that. Okay, she had me blocked on everything. Right. She wouldn't do that. I know her. So I immediately knew something was wrong. And it turns out she had just gotten sexually assaulted. And, in Atlanta? Yes. Okay, and it is literally just her and her mom up there. And so I actually, I have nightmares about that almost every time I go to sleep. And it's it's horrible, you know. But... That happened, and I calmed her down. She was at the house. I was able to calm her down and everything. And then we talked a couple of days, and then I told her, I said, you need to get protection, and I want proof. I want proof that you have something to protect yourself. She said, I'll get protection. I love you, and block me. And I had what? I had no idea. It's so counter... Oh, right? Dude, I, I really do think that Bro. you come from a genuine place. Cold, like I do so think that you love this girl cold. in a lot of mature and immature ways. And I think there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. I think she needs to figure herself out. Though. Like seriously, mentally, yeah. she's not where she yeah. needs no, to be. She she's very immature, and she reflects that in the way that she handles these situations. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and nobody can blame her for being sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, saying that, of course. But not. the way she responds with you yeah. kind of tells me that she's looking for closure from you, and that's it. And she doesn't care how that affects you or right. validation, exactly. right? Or validation, exactly. Like, and or she's being like too mindful. It's like okay, like, I'm just taking it one day at a time. But she's not like seeing like okay, what has is like the past week? Like what my actions are reflecting? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between like you know I love you or I love I have love for you. Right. Right. Big right. difference. And big difference. And I I know. That, that she does love me, uh, but she she's just fucked up, you know? And I oh, think man. when that happened, that's when it clicked. And I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. Right. You yeah. know? And it took me being in the hospital, being in that condition to learn I got to watch out for myself. Because with that girl, all I worried about was building her up, you know, doing things for us, for her. I mean, I was not... I, I didn't have Snapchat for six months. I was not in contact with so many of my friends. I went completely off grid almost. To focus with her. Yes. Yeah. And that was that was my mistake in it because I was so involved in that because, you know, she had become such a massive part of my life when all that happened. That's why, you know, I felt the need to do that. And, you know, now being okay and everything, it's it's really a blessing and I thank God for it. But, you know, I, I was thinking so many things that no one knew about. And so that's why that's why I'm so open about it. Because if there is one person in this world that I can help because they are afraid to say something or people, they, they're afraid to open up or they feel they can't, they're not comfortable, that's why I'm open about yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah, because... I mean, do you want to say anything to anybody out there who might be in a sort of toxic relationship or they feel like, they're giving everything to somebody or even just in a situation where they feel like they're being manipulated. Any advice you could give them on what to do in that situation? They need support outside of that relationship. You know, whether it be family or friends or, I mean, even therapy, you know, anything. You know, stick with your passions first and foremost because that is something I stopped. You know, I was starting to stream I was doing all this stuff. I was doing good for myself, you know, and then I kind of just fell off of those personal passions I had because of this relationship and didn't have a support group. She was my support. So she was my passion, my support. And when that left, I had no motivation, no support for not having motivation. And that's where I ended up. So stay with your passions, grow them and 
surround yourself with people that want to help you do that and are there for you. And Hell yeah, I want to know if you notice, like, because this is what, what happened to me. I want it to happen to you. Mm-hmm. When you're in a relationship like that for a while, I mean, really, any long-term relationship, do you notice that, like, your goals for yourself suddenly get so much smaller mm. that it's like, okay, well, we can't, you know, like, like let's say you want to be a musician. That's what you want to do. You know, suddenly when you have this relationship and you think it's going to be serious, it's all of a sudden, okay, well, obviously I can't pursue music all of a sudden right. because of this relationship. But I also feel like that's a reflection of the individual's, like, morals and, like, their ethics and, like, their values. It's like, mm-hmm. if said person, like, they they value attention, validation, um, said clout. And then you have somebody that you're talking to that values loyalty, honesty, communication. Like, everybody has their own, like, metric, you know? And I the, the best thing that I can say, and I was talking to somebody earlier um, at the gym, a good friend of mine, is, like, if you're in a relationship, like, it has to be, it can't be your primary. Like, it has to be your attachment. Or if you want to say it to, like, from an orbital, like... Your relationship can't be the like the sun. Like everything can't ar- mm-hmm. revolve around the relationship. Perfect right. analogy. Like the sun has to be like your priorities, your passion, your goals. Like where do you see yourself in five years? And then the Earth or the like. You know what I mean? Like she can be one of the important planets. Yeah, very important. Pla- like it because that's when that's like the perfect example. It's like your goals and everything start to diminish because then you're like your time management is like okay, I have work. Okay, what's the first thing I'm going to do? Like, oh, I'm going to go check up on her. Like, it's you and her, like, hustling, trying to, like, keep your head above water. You guys keep each other in check. Like, having that person in your corner Mm -hmm. instead of somebody, like, controlling every direction that you're doing. Like, now your decisions that you would have been making six months ago, like, are not the same. And the perfect example with my relationship of that, like, like I said, I was trying to stream and everything, and I was actually, you know, getting going with it. It's so yeah. hard to start, but, you know, on Twitch? A, yeah, and once the ball starts rolling, you know, you can get it done, but, you know, I was streaming and playing games, and she would, you know, get mad at me, you know, because I wasn't spending time with her, and so that's... But then she's going to block you. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> don't get me started, but that, Jeez. well, I already did. But. So hot and cold, dude. Yeah, like seriously. That, I've never, I've never heard, like, a story like that where it's, like, Hey, I love you. And then, okay, so, like, what exactly did she block you on? Like, she blocked your number? Dude. Like, everything. Email? Everything. I, everything. <laughs> I had a girl email me before. Like, like she, I blocked her, and she was like, hey, I hope you read this. Like, something like that. I'm like, oh, my God. Seriously, seriously. I, I actually, because I'm a crazy motherfucker, too, and obviously I loved her. So, Wait, I actually. real. Yeah, I actually <laughs> made, like, a second number using Google Voice. Texted her on that. Yeah. I got blocked on you know All of this <laughs> energy you invested into her, you will invest into a better person who is worth it. So don't pull back. I think that right. push and pull that you have in the next relationship, hopefully pray that it's better and healthier for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that says a lot. You know, He's a guy that cares. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because some guys don't give a fuck, you know, right. and they're out here breaking girls' hearts and shit. So yeah, push and pull with like the right intentions. It's yeah. like, yeah, like I'm going to sacrifice X, Y, Z for you, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm not still striving for things that I was striving for before you came into the picture. Right, bro. Yep. You need that self-love at mm-hmm. the same time. Balance yeah. Out. And all I want to do is help people. So I, 
I am actually so thankful for what I went through. I don't, I'm not upset that I don't have a car, you know, I appreciate it because now I'm able to reach people that I couldn't have reached before. And all I want to do is help people. I love making people laugh. I love making people smile. And you still have your consciousness. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You are here for a reason, bro. I don't think that was ever more obvious than it is now, you you know, so best of luck to you, my guy. Thank you. But, um, I don't think we could top that, you know, guys. I think we should yeah. definitely leave it on a high note for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, this is Young Honchos with Joey and Tanner and our special guests, Caleb, Noah, and Mr. Rubio. Appreciate you guys coming on tonight. Yes, yeah, sir. Really yeah. fun. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll see Thank you guys you. next week in another awesome episode. See you guys next week.